Welcome into week seven of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. I'm your host, Martin Weiss, joined here with former NFL Pro Bowl wide receiver TJ Hushmanzada. TJ, week six was not pretty for me. I tell you what, we've been killing weeks one through five. Week six was a tough one. You know what it was? It was uh, we just had some bad breaks, Martin. I, like we had some bad breaks with some games like turn at the last minute last second of the game yeah we, we got hosed on that i will say that well i will say so our overall record cj you are sitting right now through six weeks of the nfl season at 16 and 9 and i am that's really four, good i'm 14 and 11 and i didn't take the and, you're, most... and, and you're the and you're the gambler <laughs> well I mean, excuse me you're the guy who knows football so <laughs> I think okay, that you know I'll what I'm saying. <laughs> like one of us, one of that. us is a football expert, and the other one of us, you know, is a degenerate gambler. So I don't know. <laughs> take that for what it's worth. But I will say I didn't take the. I, I I know it's anecdotal, but I do feel like everyone that we agree on, we end up hitting, except for this week, because we both agreed that the Detroit Lions would cover three versus Cincinnati Bengals. They obviously did not. The Bengals put a put a curb stomping. Like there was a t- there was a ton of blowouts in the one o'clock window. This was one of them. Bengals thirty four, yeah. Lions eleven in a game that I'm wasn't not gonna as close lie as to that you. score. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'll be honest with you. I was as I was. I felt the Bengals were gonna win the game. I'm not gonna lie to you. And I felt the Bengals were gonna win pretty handily. But then I start, and this is my problem. I started seeing guys like yourself and the Extra Points podcast. Everybody's picking the Lions. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, am I saying something that they're not seeing? And so I'll let you guys, long story short, I'll let you guys influence me. Slap myself for that because I just stay with my better judgment. I knew the Bengals were going to beat the shit out of the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, they, they trash, they sewage. Yeah. I, I don't know what I was thinking. The I love, I love, I love this, really good. Uh, this revisionist history from you, first of all, about how you let you let everybody else talk you in and out, especially when it comes to your you, Cincinnati Bengals, because I talked you into the Bengals before. And I was about you. You talked me into it. Before, and it's like. The Bengals are they're a good team, bro. They should have beat Green Bay Packers. They should have beat Packers. And they're they're a good team. They're good. They're playing better than I thought this year. They would win six to seven games, and it, it's looking like they're going to surpass that and, and actually compete and give everybody a game. This game this week against the Ravens is going to be crucial for their confidence. But I don't know what I was. The Detroit Lions. Yeah, that that was just dumb on my part. Yeah, it, it was definitely one of the ones that uh, I didn't like it <laughs> as soon as I, you know. It, was, it had a great feeling. That's the thing, TJ. It felt great on Tuesday when we recorded this podcast. We recorded this podcast Tuesday, 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific time. It was at 1 Eastern, so it's very early. That means you get some of the best lines, but also you have, in, what, just about as much time as possible for that pick to just stew in your stomach. And that's what that one was doing for me for a while there. But after watching this game, my takeaway, I came out with the same takeaway. The Bengals are a good team. 
All right, it's time to quit dancing around it. If the kicker makes a field goal, they beat Green Bay, and we would have we would have gotten to this decision last week, and we never would have said no wild stuff like Bengals plus uh, Bengals minus three versus the Lions. So with that, right now the Bengals are sitting at plus nine fifty AFC North odds. The Bengals are sitting plus nine fifty to win the AFC North. You have Baltimore minus two hundred, Cleveland, excuse me, Cleveland plus two fifty. Also, you have the Bengals plus 170 to make the playoffs as a wild card. I feel like I feel like right now, week six, going into week seven, Cincinnati, I know they may not have the playoff record. They feel like through six weeks of playoff team to me, TJ. The Bengals will be on the cusp. And the, the, the thing about it is when, when you look at it, Buffalo, they're making the playoffs. They're going to win their division. At least we assume that. We assume the Ravens are going to win their division. I'm assuming the Chargers or the Chiefs will win their division. One of those teams will be a wild card, whether it's the Chargers or the Chiefs. Can Cincinnati beat Cleveland and prevent them from being a wild card team? That that's that's debatable. I didn't include uh, Tennessee. They're probably going to win their division as well. And, and so when you look at it, they for sure have a great chance to get into the playoffs. It's a matter of can they beat Cleveland? Can they split with Baltimore? And, and can they just win a couple of more games along the way? And they're right there. You know, and I, I'm just – I'm not so sure that the – like, I just see these odds, and it seems crazy to me that right now you can get the Bengals at plus 950 to win the AFC North when they're only a game back behind the Ravens. And the Ravens have kind of put it together through spit and glue, even though they have been very impressive against young these young, these young quarterbacks that we've seen tear the league up. We'll get to them in just a second. They've, the Ravens have been shutting quarterbacks down opposing quarterbacks down, but it's just plus 950 seems like great odds. I think plus 170 to make the playoffs is also something I, that uh, people should really consider if you like this Bengals team, which I do. Uh, I think Cleveland might It's be not going to be down. easy, though, be, be because they, they play the NFC West. Yeah. And, and so the Bengals have yet to play the Cardinals. They have yet to play the Rams. They have yet to play the Niners. Those are three really good defensive and offensive teams. And so if they can get one of those games, they, um, obviously they would prefer two. You see, I didn't mention they hadn't even – and the Seahawks, you, you, I know they're looking like, God, I wish we get Seattle while Russell's right out. Now, right. And, and, and so those four games, can they split? If you're looking at it now, you'd probably say no. Could they split and go two and two against that division? And, and so – the Bengals are they just once they play these really good teams like Green Bay and consistently show they can compete, their confidence is only gonna uh rise to the top and feel like they can do it. Cause if you think you can do it, you're gonna be in every game. Well, we just we just mentioned both of these teams. It was supposed to be one of the great matchups of the weekend. Again, another stinker. The Cardinals 
put a trouncing on the Cleveland Browns. CJ, me and you both were sitting parked on Browns minus three. It was one of my favorite bets of the weekend. Rodney Hudson was out for the, for the Cardinals. Then all of a sudden it gets even better, TJ. Saturday or Friday, whatever day, over the weekend, Cliff Kingsbury, he's going to be watching the game from his draft war room at the house. He's not even calling plays. Who's calling plays? Who knows? Kyler Murray's only had one play call in his only NFL career. You know what? Doesn't matter. 37 points scored. I mean, Cardinals on their first five drive scored points. Browns missed both tackles. Baker Mayfield gets hurt, get completely annihilated, 37 to 14. Was this more good Cardinals or bad Browns? Because I thought this Browns team was pretty good. This is one of two games now I've seen them come out. This vaunted offense they where they only scored two touchdowns against Minnesota and then again against the Cardinals. It was – you got to give the Cardinals credit. If it, if it was bad Browns, it was because of the Cardinals. And, and so you're missing your head coach. Chandler Jones isn't playing. Like, there's just no way you can't give the Cardinals credit. The Cardinals played very, very well. And did the Browns play well? No, but you, you have to give Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, credit and, and those players. They went into Cleveland missing their head coach and their best defensive player and pretty much shut the Browns down. You take away that Hail Mary, uh, it's even worse than what it was. Speaking of assistant coaches, we saw we saw both teams in the NFL whose head coach was not who was coached by somebody else in week six. This will be coached by somebody different in week seven, right? So you had Gruden out, obviously. Kingsbury, he'll be back, right? But we saw these two teams that were missing their head guys, you know, have pretty relatively easy wins. How much should how much attention should we be paying to coordinators as we're handicapping these games as opposed to head coaches? Like how, like how much are you looking into the coordinator matchup and when you're picking a matchup? Because it seems as if, not to say that Cliff Kingsbury is not important or that John Gruden wasn't important to what the Raiders and the Cardinals respectively had going on, but it seems as if at least for a Sunday they can get by without him. Well, you you look at Kingsbury for one. Kingsbury calls the plays. He he's the play caller. Like he calls the plays, and, and Gruden was the play caller. And, and so, the coordinators they they both stepped up. Greg Olson and I. I'm be honest. I don't even know who's the coordinator for the Cardinals. Who's the office coordinator? I know Greg Olson is for the Raiders. I don't even know who the office coordinator is for the Cardinals. And, and so. Those guys stepped up and did a hell of a job. But through the game plan, we know this, especially with the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury was very involved. He didn't get uh, caught out of the game for COVID until the end of the week. And so I'm pretty sure the plan was in place. And I'm sure he was going over with the coordinator, certain looks, certain down and this, a certain situation, we want to do this. But ultimately, you have the best plan in the world. If the players can't execute it, it's not the best plan in the world. The players went out there and executed and did a hell of a job. Assistant wide receiver coach Spencer Whipple was the play caller. That's my point. For the uh, Arizona Cardinals. So if he's the play caller, why the hell is he the assistant receiver coach? Make that make sense. You're not even the receiver coach. You're the assistant receiver coach and you're the play caller. Man, these dudes be tripping in the league, man. It's that is a fascinating. I'd love to know what maybe you just didn't want to take your assistant, maybe your coordinators are so important, you don't want to take them out of their roles 
to do something. But I feel like there's not much more important on offense besides play calling in general. But <laughs> that is a wild – I would love to know the inside of how that ended up coming to be. But the game that you and I disagreed on this week, I it this one is going to keep me up at night. I promise you. The Cowboys and the Patriots, the Cowboys go into Foxborough, get a win, not 35 to 29, in a game that the last two minutes of that game were so back and forth and absolutely ridiculous between the Mac Jones uh, pick six to Trayvon Diggs. I tried to tell you. No, no, no. Leave that out of here because anyway. I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. What you tried to tell me? That's not how. That is not how you thought that game was going down. I actually thought the Cowboys would win by seven to ten points easy. I really did. They play a lot of man coverage, and Mac Jones doesn't really throw the ball down the field. I didn't feel like the Patriots would be able to hold up with those Cowboys receivers, and and I was right. You know, Bill Belichick gets all this credit for being this defensive guru. Rightfully so. They got shredded. Dak lit they ass up like it was the 4th of July. Like it was a Christmas tree. So he threw for over 440 yards against the defensive guru that is Bill Belichick. When you got those type of receivers and that type of quarterback, Dak is he out of Dak is processing information so quickly. And his receivers are getting open. But, yeah, I actually thought the game wouldn't be as close as it was. So I guess I give kudos to the Patriots for keeping it closer than I thought it would be. They should have won the game. They should have won the game. They had to lead with – they had to lead with what? <laughs> they should have won the game. That 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 of that lucky bomb to uh, Kendrick Bourne at the safety – Back in the day okay. when I was playing. So that's why I, I wanted to his- ask you this. I wanted to ask you this because, listen, so so Diggs gets the pick six, the very mm-hmm. next offensive play. They run an out and up. Now, Diggs all last year, they were saying he's a great corner, but he bites on everything. He, he's early. Mm-hmm. He's, was Is it – it was him getting – was him getting beat on that play? Was that the safety? Was that Diggs jumping early? Like, is that something – because obviously – Trayvon Diggs is like Deion Sanders too. Of course, is that something that people? No, no, no. no, I'm saying he's playing like Deion Sanders part two right now. But is that something that people are putting on tape? Did he put? Did he put something on tape in that play that other teams are going to be able to exploit now? Is is the question? Are you in? Are you? Are you? Are you at the library? (laughs) I'm at our recording space, El Camp. Oh, it looks like studios. But yeah, there is a library. Okay. Well, there's a um, pretty extensive bookshelf behind me. He did jump. He did jump the route, and it's going to happen. But number one, the safety should have blew Kendrick Bourne up. That's number one, or at least tackle him. He kind of almost looked like he had like blinders on his eyes, and he kind of lost track of where the ball and the player was. He literally just ran right by him. When I was playing, he would have got oh, he would have got his head knocked off because you were able to hit guys back then. And I think he was trying to play the ball and not hit the receiver as to get a penalty. And it just didn't work out for him. But you got to take the good with the bad with Diggs. You you can't celebrate when he get that pick six and then say something when he get beat on out and up because you're not saying nothing when he's sitting on those uh, out routes and get the pick. And, And so me, players, you play with your instinct. He just has to understand teams aren't going to run out and ups all game. It, it, the, 
the percentages and the probabilities of that pass being completed are slim. Just he needs to understand it's going to come. He just has to pick and choose when they think when he thinks they're going to try him. And uh, they just better stop throwing the ball to him. They keep throwing the ball. He's going to get 15, 16 interceptions. They got to stop throwing his way. I, I know this. Trayvon Diggs interception, all of that. The Cowboys, you know, I agree with you. I thought the Kazee was going to kill Kendrick Bourne as that ball was in the air, and it just didn't happen. But watching Nelson Aguilar, especially knowing I was going to have to come and talk to you today, watching Nelson Aguilar first drop that ball on first down, just plain drop it. And I honestly feel like there was like he had a, he had some space on the corner. That ball seemed to be on target. If he made a clean catch on that ball. We see the Dallas Cowboys safeties having a little bit of trouble towards the end of the game making plays. All I'm saying is nine minutes left in overtime when that happens. And then on third down, there's a face mask on, on Nelson Aguilar, same receiver, face mask, and they just don't call it. And then, of course, Patriots have to kick the ball away. They never see the ball again. And plus three just completely gone out of the window. Nelson Aguilar is a good player but he's always had problems with catching a ball he kind of rectified that or at least we thought last year playing with the las vegas raiders but he's always had you know a problem holding on to the ball it's just that's just who he is you go into cold weather in a city like new england those drops like you played in philly cold weather those drops he goes to las vegas for him where he seems to catch the ball i don't know what it is but that's what he does he's not a uh He's not a guy that's going to consistently catch the ball in. And I actually thought the refs were playing for New England more than they were playing for the Cowboys, to be honest with you. They need to fit. Some of these games, man, they, they're literally deciding to play. They're deciding games. In my, in my opinion, you watch some of these games, and the refs have their hand in the game way too much, man. Like, they literally are deciding certain games with certain calls. They, the league needs to figure this out because – you can point to almost at least 50% of the games where a ref makes a call and at towards the end of the game. Right. And it plays a part in who wins and who doesn't. Well, no ref call played a too big of a part in this one. The pack, we have both were on Packers minus four and a half Packers mop up the bears 24 to 14. The big story out of this one, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers runs it in from farther out than he would have in the NFC Championship game. Some woman gives him the double bird. He reminds the city of Chicago, like I reminded you, TJ, he owns the Bears. He owns them. He does not have no shame about it, and he had no qualms about letting everybody know. Now, right now, the odds to win the NFC Championship, you have Tampa Bay plus 250, Rams plus 450, Green Bay plus 500, Arizona plus 500, and Cowboys plus 550. I feel like of all of those teams, Green Bay is the one we talk about the least about the, having the ability to win the NFC. Are we missing the boat here? Because this team, they came out week one, got stomped in Jacksonville by the Saints, and since then, all they've done has been rolling, but a little under the radar. Hey, they haven't really played – a team yet that is a 50-50 game. They went, they go to San Fran, and, and the majority of people thought Green Bay would win that game. They they play the Detroit Lions, they play the Chicago Bears. Like who have they played 
since the opening weekend that it was a 50-50 game. Once they start to get into those 50-50 games and they start to play really good competitive teams, we'll know more about those teams. The Rams have been in those games. The Bucs has been in those games. The Cowboys have been in those games. The Cardinals have been in those games. The Green Bay Packers have yet to play in those type of games. And so once they're able to get to that part of their schedule, we'll get a better gauge on what they are and what they aren't. Because I, I just was looking. I just was That's sat- fair, right? That That's fair. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, because I sat back and when I was looking, I just, you know, I kind of look at the odds every Monday, Tuesday, just to see who, who's favored to win championships and so on, see what jumps out. Like that Cincinnati plus 170 to make the playoffs jumped out. I think that, you know, I think that's a pretty good shot to make the playoffs. I see Green Bay has the same Super Bowl odds as the Cardinals, and, and I'm just kind of like, Hmm, that's weird. And I go back and look at the records and I was like, wait a minute, that actually makes all the sense in the world. But it was like, you know, for um to see where Green Bay is in the standings and, you know, for, but I would have thought that the Cowboys would have had, you know, that the, the Cowboys would have been better, the Cardinals would have been better, the Green Bay would have been like plus 800 or something like that. But then when you look at the at the resume, it's really hard to argue. But I do think that it's kind of on paper, but I think Green Bay is better than our other two on paper all stars of the of of this season, the Denver Broncos earlier and and the Carolina Panthers of this earlier in the season, where everybody was like, "Are these contenders or pretenders?" I think that we found out where they are real know, quick, yeah, real fast. That vaunted defense from the Panthers isn't so vaunted anymore now that they're playing real teams, huh? <laughs> Man, and you know what? With that, let, we can move into the week seven picks because that vaunted Panthers defense, they're not very vaunted when they're playing against a real team. But TJ, this week, the Panthers are going to the New York Giants and they're favored by two and a half points. I have news for you, TJ. New York Giants are not a real team, and the Carolina Panthers are going to cover two and a half. Lock it up now because this thing is going to rise to three, especially if Christian McCaffrey can play. It's only Tuesday, so we don't know what it will be for Sunday yet. He was trending. like he was. They were talking about it a little bit. He might have played last week, so you could assume maybe he's going to play this week, but I don't care. Christian McCaffrey, no Christian McCaffrey. The Giants are terrible. Saquon's not going to go. Daniel Jones will go. Kadarius Tony's not going to go. The Giants stink. The Giants are bad, man. They are really bad. Offensively, I mean, did Daniel Jones have what? I'm just off the top of my head. I didn't – two to three picks, two fumbles. You can't do that. You can't be an NFL quarterback and literally turn the ball over. I'm looking. Let me look right now. Like, I, I – you just can't do that. Like, it's unreal that you have that amount of turnovers in yeah. one game. I mean, he had five turnovers in one game. He had three interceptions okay, so and two fumbles. Three picks, two fumbles. Okay, that's what I thought it was. You, you just can't be a quarterback and give your team a chance when you're turning the ball over that much. But the Giants are bad, you know. It is Joe Judge, uh, this is going to make us better. We'll turn this around. You ain't going to be there. <laughs> you won't see the turnaround. Well, you'll see it on television like the rest of us, but you won't be a part of it. That's for sure. He's these coaches come in and they rule with an iron fist. They don't understand that when you start losing, I've been in those locker rooms. 
you can't say shit to me. All that bullshit we did in training camp and we jump off sides, we got to run, we do this. You, you just, you dropping a hammer all the time. That hammer not working no more because now we're we going to start to uh, be rebellious when, when you start trying that stuff. And so hopefully he, he understands how a locker room works and he can pull back a little bit because if he doesn't, he going to have a hard time running in that locker room. So what what is I mean what is it about is it just football coaches are just trying to be hard asses and things of that nature Yeah they're fake they're tough losing? They're fake fake tough this is the definition of fake tough You see me you talking all the shit in the world like you want to beat me up then when you realize that I'm serious and I want to fight you back you say I was just playing That's fake tough Joe like when guys jump off sides we not trying to jump off sides Right Don't make the whole team run that all it does is piss you off i had to learn this it's like with your kids when you spank your kids it does nothing for them but create anger take things away from them that they like just take playing time away take the kids toys away spanking them it creates anger you try to discipline them via that why, why do you think nobody likes to run because it's been used as a form of punishment for every athlete that's ever played a sport oh we don't do this we're gonna run at the practice oh we gonna run is always a punishment so as a player when you have to run number one for somebody else's mistake yeah we're a team but i didn't do that shit you gonna make me run because of his mistake right it just it just doesn't sit well with players and coaches should know that but then you get the joe judges because he coached under bill belichick and he had a great interview uh it's not panning out so well. He's been he's been bad, and that's an understatement. Yeah, he's been bad. The roster construction, obviously, in New York is bad. And conversely, I think that you get a, a I don't want to say a good coach yet, but a coach that is interesting to me and Matt Rule. I think he has some interesting offensive things going on, and he doesn't – I say he's a good coach in the idea that he doesn't seem to mess up the easy things like clock management – you know, he, he if 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 they have a two minute drill down the down the stretch, I I have a feeling that Matt Rule is going to call is going to be putting his team in the right position down a two minute drill. Now, whether players can execute on that, Sam Darnold has had Cinderella. Sam Darnold's uh, glass slipper, you know, has has struck midnight in the last few weeks. But the idea that Matt Rule is going to put you in a position to win, as opposed to like a Mike McCarthy, which is going to be like, should I call a timeout? I'm not quite sure. You know, I, so I do like. I think I get a better coach here, so that's why I like the Panthers minus two and a half. Are you? You're, I assume after that big Giants, oh yeah, you're yeah, taking yeah. The, Panthers the Panthers minus two and a half. It was the Panthers well. will get back. They'll get back on track. They'll, they'll they'll get back on track for sure. Sam Darnold didn't play a great game this past Sunday, but he played a great last two to three minutes in the fourth quarter. Um, keep that keep that part of his game rolling. Yeah, I like the Panthers easy. Speaking of getting back on track, you know, and maybe is it true that the, the the death and demise of the Kansas City Chiefs was much greatly exaggerated? Because after they went no, into no. Uh, okay, so the football no. team doesn't impress you. So I'm going to ask you because like Chiefs at Titans, we just saw the Titans beat the Bills, right? And after Josh Allen slipped, after Josh Allen didn't score two like red zone touchdowns within five yards, which I TJ. This is totally behind the curtain. Me, Sal, and Damashek did a halftime live stream, and I predicted that Josh Allen would score a second half touchdown. So Dude, I was I thought, heartbroken. I actually thought he got a first down on that dive ball. I thought that was a first down. 
Yeah. If you look at where the ball was when his shoulder hit, it was pretty much on that line. I don't understand why they didn't review that. But I thought that was a first down, me. Either way, I just knew that Josh Allen was going to score because I knew he was going to get those goal line to goal. Not, I know that's the, the last one was a goal line, but he was on the four-yard line. It, you know, wasn't goal line carry, but in any event, the Titans stonewalled them both times. Chiefs are at Titans, right? And the Titans are five-point underdogs. After what I watched last night, I feel like there's nothing about the Kansas City defense that makes me feel like they're going to be able to stop Derrick Henry running the ball. If I can have Julio Jones, who I know he left the game with the hamstring yesterday, A.J. Brown, I know he was like had food poisoning 48 hours before the game. If I can get those two guys. Man, them dudes can't get right this year. A.J. and Julio can't get right. Man, I was say, if I can, I mean, food, I mean, food poisoning before the game is tough, right? <laughs> I mean, a hamstring, you could get that one. Like in the third quarter, I understand it. But food poisoning, damn. All right. But if, if I can get A.J., if I can get Julio, there's nothing about that defense that wants to tackle Derrick Henry. I, I, I just – I, hey, I like the Titans in, the, in this one. You remember when in the, in the playoffs they did they held they they held Derrick Henry down. Now they they held Henry down. He didn't run wild in the playoffs. You remember that, right? I remember. I remember when Frank Clark was talking trash. I I don't recall what he said, but I just know he was talking. Derrick Henry doesn't run as hard as he should. No, no, he said for somebody that that big, you would have thought he would run harder. Okay, something like that. And they win that game, and they they did a hell of a job. Just with Kansas City, you you don't know what you're going to get. And the thing with Tennessee is when Julio's playing, they got two receivers on the outside that can beat you one-on-one. So it ain't like you can load up on a run and say, okay, we're going to make them pass. They've got two receivers that can get open. If Julio isn't playing, it makes it a little easier because then they're able to shade coverage to AJ and still stop the run. And, and so you – I would probably lean to Kansas City. I really would because I, what they did in the playoff game is different personnel, obviously. But they may have a way to slow them down, especially if Julio, Julio's playing. I like Tennessee's chances because you can't cover two receivers and, and play the run. But if Julio's not playing, you can still shade your coverage to A.J. Brown and put guys in a box to slow down and stop the run. But Derrick Henry, he seems to be – on the mission that that run he just broke the tackle split two guys i'm gone don't even chase me save your energy like the dude is just running like a locomotive like get out my way it's like we on the freeway and a piece of paper hit the car like i don't even feel it i don't even know it's there i'm gonna keep it moving i mean he's like an f-350 with a sports car engine like you know he's just this truck is too big but how is it going so fast i just I, after what I seen yesterday, and like you just said, I feel a lot of people are going to go back to that, that playoffs and all that. Well, this is not your granddaddy's Chiefs team. Patrick Mahomes is throwing interceptions. They are, uh, the, the, Chris Jones is in and out of the lineup. I don't like this Kansas City team that much, and I, I think that everybody is going to feel like they just got back right because I fell into that trap. I thought they had got I back right. I don't know Philly. if they got back. The Washington football team, Taylor Heineke is the quarterback, bro. Like, you remember the playoff game? He did so well. He did okay early in the season. Like, the fact that the Washington football team is letting Heineke be their starting quarterback and they just keep taking L after L after L, it beyond me. Like, there, there's guys that can do better than that. 
that defense isn't playing up to its capabilities because they're on the field so much and their offense isn't giving them any help. So, but see, okay, so to that point, you just talked about the Washington football team is pretty unimpressive. I agree with you, right? The Chiefs go and put this hammer down on them. We just saw the Titans beat who many people think is the best team in the NFL and the Buffalo Bills. Why is this only a five-point line then? It should, to me, it should be a lot closer because everybody looks at the Chiefs, the offense, and feel like they're just going to score at will. And they're not realizing if that defense can't stop the run, offense is not going to be on the field long. And, and that's the key. Let's limit Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs' possessions. Offensively, they're going to get it done. Is defensively, can they play complementary football? You, you just don't know. If Chris Jones is healthy, that's going to help. But Chris Jones is one man. It's 11 on 11 and not one on one. It's going to help. But he, he's not going to be the problem solver. He can help solve the problem, but he's not going to just be the problem solver himself. All right, TJ, the last time that we saw this team, they were in the middle of blowing a 22-3 lead on Monday Night Football. The Indianapolis Colts are traveling to the uh, San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. TJ, how do you see this game going, uh, turning out? That's tricky. You, you know, the 49ers should be somewhat healthier coming off of a bye week. Trey Lance is at practice, so it looks like Jimmy G will be the quarterback. This is a tough game to, to choose from because when, when I look at it, I like the way the Colts played against the Ravens. They just didn't finish. But do the 49ers have the firepower, the firepower to compete with the Colts like, like the Ravens did if they get, get behind? I'll say no. Um, the Colts can't afford another loss. They afford another, they they lose another game. I don't, they're not winning the division for sure. Wild card is going to be tough for them. They have a lot on the line, as do the Niners, but Jimmy G's been out coming off of an injury. Trey Lance is in practicing. Um, I'm going to take the Colts. TJ, I'm with you. I, I'm taking the Colts as well. I, I like the way the Colts were playing, like you just said. The big thing about them not finishing, especially, though, Xavier Rhodes was in and out of that game towards the end of the stretch. Um, so you ended up with, uh, I can't remember the poor guy's name right now. It was like Cheselton or something. But number 47 was just getting eaten alive. He was fresh off the practice squad. And, I mean, he was watching games like me and you were week three. And now in week seven, he's or week six, rather, he's on television playing games on and playing football games. Right. So I'm sitting here seeing that breakdown, seeing Lamar Jackson, a former league MVP, you know, have a pretty incredible comeback. 49ers don't have that type of weapon. Period. Stop. Trey Lance, Jimmy G. I don't care who's out there. Kittle, use check. The, the 49ers are right. They should be healthier, but I like the way the Colts have been playing. Jonathan Taylor's running the ball with a special way. I know Paris Campbell just got hurt, but T.Y. Hilton now coming back into the lineup. Carson Wentz is seems like both his ankles seem to have a little bit more stability to him and then one of the wildest injuries you'll ever hear of a football player getting both ankles sprained. I think the Colts got off to a bad start to start the year. I think they, they tried to turn it around the last two weeks. This is the week that happened. I think they went outright, but I'm taking the three and a half points. Oh, yeah, we're getting three points. You roll with it. And it's what you said. The Colts look like they're playing better football. They just have to finish. They have to finish. You can't be up 
the way they were up and then give that game up. So they'll learn from that, but the Colts have a ton of talent. Defensively, they're stout. Defensively, they're they're against that run, which the Niners are going to want to uh, do is run, is run the ball. They were stout. They, I'm sure they didn't think – I don't think they thought that Lamar was going to be able to gash him through the air the way that he did. Right, and, and I – I'm about to say it was 22 to three until Lamar started driving back and doing his best Tom Brady impression, right? Where he's just literally just throwing the ball down the field in ways that like most people are clamoring for Lamar to do more often. Like uh, Jimmy G, Trey Lance, whoever is a quarterback. I know it would be Jimmy G, but Jimmy G might get hurt in this game anyway. You know, that's per, par for the course. I just don't see the 49ers being able to move the ball through the air to be able to beat them. Right. It's going to be difficult. And, coming off of an injury the bye week though they so they should be healthy but i'm i'm for sure rolling with the coach I, I just think it's going to be tough for the 49ers with all they have going on to, to beat the coach i i think it's gonna be a tough game for them but you can never count shanahan out but i'm counting them out on this now this game tj it's it's a it's a hold your nose stinker of a game it is but I feel like this is one of those lines. You know, I like to I like to see these funny lines and get your opinion on it. The Jets are traveling to New England. Yeah. Minus seven. I'm minus like, seven? This, yeah. Dude, I saw the same thing, and I said, wait, wait, wait. What is it that I'm missing? I don't think we're missing anything. Think about this. The Titans just beat the Bills, and the Jets beat the Titans. Like, that's crazy how football is, man. It's any given Sunday understatement it really is but i on this upcoming sunday i don't see a way that the new york jets are gonna like don't get me wrong the patriots offense is leaves much to be desired right in terms especially in terms of explosive plays we just talked about it because he probably should have had a decapitation instead of a, a, a what 78 yard kendrick Bourne touchdown to make that cowboys game even close at the end and the Patriots just went to overtime with the Houston Texans, who many people thought were the worst team in the NFL. I think it's probably the Miami Dolphins at this point. But um, I say all that to say, Patriots minus seven, Bill Belichick versus a rookie quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback like Zach Wilson. I don't – this seven points seems like way too low. This feels like it should be like a 10-point spread, but they can't make it a 10-point spread because it's the Patriots, right? <laughs> like, it's like, but where are you on this one? I saw the seven and I was like, wow, the Jets improved without playing. It, it was people are looking at New England and saying, ah, but the, they play the Cowboys, who we all think is a really good team. Down to the wire, really close game, down to the wire, went to overtime. And they've been competitive. They played the Tampa Bay Bucks, down to the wire, very competitive game. So I don't get it. I'm going to go with the Patriots beat because the first game, Zach Wilson didn't fare too well against Belichick. Now, they're thinking he should have an idea of what they're going to throw at him. You go watch that film again. He's improved since that game. He should already have an idea of what they want to do this game. It shouldn't be as lopsided. But he's still a rookie, and this is still Bill Belichick. Um, you'd be a fool not to pick New England. 
Would I be surprised if Jets were competitive? I, I wouldn't because I think Zach is going to be a hell of a quarterback. I think Salah is going to be a hell of a head coach, just not this year. All right, TJ, I got a question for you. And then after that, we'll get into our lemon pepper parlays. We got three double-digit spreads on the board today. <sighs> not, uh, And it's almost a guarantee. If you have three spreads this big, because everybody's going to tease them, everybody's going to parlay them, everybody's going to play with them all, through, all, all, all different types of ways. Who is going to blow up everybody's parlay? You have the Lions at the Rams. Rams are getting our 15 point favorites. You have Bears at the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are 13 and a half point favorites. And you have the Texans at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are 17 point favorites. Holy smokes. Which one of these three is going to blow everybody's ticket up? I'm going to say the Houston Texans. I think so. Too. I mean, they, they've been the most competitive out of those two. Like now, the Bears. The, if they weren't playing the Bucs, I, I would say the Bears. If they, if they weren't playing the Bucs, I, I just feel like the Cardinals are eventually going to have a letdown. I thought it was going to be this past Sunday against Cleveland. Obviously, that wasn't the case. Detroit is just not a good football team. If the Bengals can beat them by more than 15 and a half, the Rams damn sure going to be. You go, oh, Jared Goff's going against his former team. He's going to be fired up. Jared Goff should be fired up every game. It ain't going to matter. I look at the Cardinals and the Texans, and they're getting the most points. I'm going to say the Houston Texans, if, if anybody uh, can do it, they, they can lose by 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, you got the you got the Rams and the Lions and the, and the quarterback revenge game. Now, if that game was in, um, you know, if, if that game was in Detroit, Maybe I'd have a different feeling about the emotion towards Matt Stafford returning. I don't think it much matters, the emotion for Jared Goff returning. He, Whether he's in a good mood, bad mood, his hands will still be small. He'll still fumble the ball. Um, I need to talk to my guy Rob, Rob Parker about his buddy, Pat Stafford, see what he thinks about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. If he's ever beat anybody. Yeah, okay. All right. But yeah. Bears at Buccaneers, it gives me cause for concern, TJ. I wonder about what motivates guys at this stage in their careers, right? Especially a guy like Tom Brady, who's been playing football for longer than I have a driver's license, right? And I'm 32 years old. So I, I, wow. I just, <laughs> you know, it's like, so it just makes me think and wonder how many times has Tom Brady been outright embarrassed in his career? And maybe tripping in the Super Bowl, you know, trying to catch Not the many. ball. Not but you know, you know when he was embarrassed? When he forgot what down it was on Thursday night football, holding up that five, holding up that four on fifth down. Okay. <laughs> holding up fifth down. The Buccaneers are going to trounce this Bears team. If nothing more, for that reason in particular, there's a Tom Brady revenge game. I mean, he's the type of guy that will make sure he's recording the video when it says three and 28 in the background going to play the Falcons. This is the type of thing that Tom Brady gets up for in year whatever he is of playing football. The Texans, Cardinals, Cardinals had all those coaches missing. Rodney Hudson is still hurt. Kyler's shoulders feels a little funny. And the Texans, for whatever reason, they've been they have been surprisingly competitive in some weeks. 
I'll say that. So I think 17, 17 points is an insane amount oh, wow. in an NFL football game. So I'd have to take the Texans if that's going to be the team. that. So if you're if you're the type of team, person rather, playing these three together, Texans are the one to be careful about. So, TJ, without further ado, your lemon pepper parlay. My lemon pepper parlay lock of the week. And I really think this is almost like free money, people just passing out money. So I'm going to pass out money right now. Carolina Panthers giving up three against the New York Giants, taking the Panthers. Mm -hmm. And the Indianapolis Colts giving up three and a half against the San Francisco 49ers. It's my lemon pepper parlay lock of the week. Colts against the Niners, Panthers against the Giants. You know what, TJ? I might have to start giving up my lemon pepper lock of the week before you. Get because, out of here. No way. <laughs> because I promise you, I, I am I'm doing it. I'm dancing a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to take, I'll add another team to mine just for, just, just for fun. Because hey, I just do for like. people that are listening to this, we don't talk about this beforehand at all. The last, to all. be honest, the last time that TJ and I talked was Thursday. Before the games even started for the weekend, There's a, we I talked to him. I texted him, "Do you have a microphone?" Yes. Okay. Cool. But it had nothing to do with our parlays, which sides we like. None of that. But I also like the Panthers. I also like the Colts. I'm gonna take the Saints minus five in Seattle. I'm gonna throw them in there as well. I just Saints off a of bye. I hope. I'm thinking that maybe, hopefully. We saw the Tom Brady offense in Tampa, and I'm not saying that Jameis is Tom Brady or anything like that, but we saw the Tom Brady offense in Tampa take a second to get together. After the bye week, they turned a corner. Saints are getting Michael Thomas back. Saints are going to have this bye. Saints have had all types of things with COVID and the coaches and so on and so forth. Bye week, everything settles down. Seahawks have no Geno Smith and the worst defense in the NFL. Saints minus five. So my lemon pepper parlay. Just like you, TJ, I'm taking the Panthers. I'm taking the Colts. But I'm adding the New Orleans Saints. Who that say they're going to beat them Saints, not the Seattle Seahawks, by at least five points. That's my lemon pepper parlay. Let's see. Hey, who who started that? Because, you know, the Bengals, who they say they're going to beat them Bengals. Who that? Who, who, who started it first? I just would – it doesn't even make any – who day doesn't even make any sense. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out. Who started it first? And then another thing, the Seattle Seahawks are the worst defense in the league. Just about. And I, Pete Carroll is a defensive coach, man. This shit baffles me, man. All right. <laughs> I mean, they're just about. If they're not, if, if they're not the worst, then they're like they're right. In, they're they're bottom yeah. five. But you're a defensive coach. I digress. <laughs> I digress. All right. I'm a, we're gonna figure this shit out here. 